Welcome back to Point Blank, episode number 75, Akeem, if I'm not mistaken, if I've got that right. We just want to say thank you so much for rocking with the show. If you already hit that like button, already hit that subscribe button, we just want to say thank you so much. If you haven't, please do. If you like the content, it definitely helps the channel grow. You got a couple of couple of seconds or minutes, definitely hit up uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a rate and review. We would really appreciate it. But most importantly, we're back for another episode. Before we get into all of that, Akeem, how have you been doing? And I know there's been a lot of sports on. So what have you been focused on the most as of late? Uh, the most as of late? Wow. Um, I would say it's still between boxing and still the NBA. I mean, NBA playoffs has been this might be one of the best, like, complete NBA playoffs that I've watched this consistently in a long time. Usually I'm just like, ah, I don't really care for, you know, one versus eight type of deal. But every every series has had some type of twist and some type of turn. Um, so those are probably the main two that I've been watching the most until, you know, playoff basketball is great because they actually care. You know what I'm saying? Really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 82 games, just like in baseball, you don't always care when you're playing a hundred and what 70 something games. But no, it's been a, a it's if you are a basketball supporter, then this is this perfect time that uh that you want to watch. What about you, Chantel? What have been the main ones you've been watching on? Because it's hockey playoffs as well, too, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, you know, I'm not watching that though. Uh <laughs> Definitely not checking for that. Um, yeah, mostly for me, it's been a lot of basketball, boxing, and then uh, all the NFL draft stuff. Uh, I always watch the three-day event, so that was really, really fun to watch as well. Uh, but things are obviously heating up because we're getting closer to the finals, which as each round passes for the NBA, and we'll get into that. But there's also a massive boxing fight uh, that is this weekend. I don't know if some people would call it massive, but it's the return of the Canelo Alvarez. He's going to be taking on John Ryder. And this is a big fight still. I mean, it's for the WBA, WBC, WBO World Super Middleweight titles scheduled for 12 rounds. And Canelo, 58-2-2. I mean, this guy has over 60 professional fights. It's crazy. And then you got John Ryder, his challenger from the U.K., 32 and 5, 18 of those wins coming by way of knockout. So, Akeem, how do you have this fight going and who do you have winning? Yeah, I mean, this is a big fight. And I don't mean big fight in the sense of like the names, but I mean, that stadium is going to be packed because it's right in Canelo's backyard, right? And so every time, you know, the, the, the Mexican supporters come out to support their, you know, their peoples, you know, Chantel, we could break this one down in so many different ways. I'm going to start with John Ryder, you know, a guy who really had to fight his way back. You know, when you look at a guy's record, whether you, whether we want to admit it or not, when we see some losses on their resume, we're like, ah, oh, this guy's washed. But, you know, he's had to <laughs> deal with that and still fight his way back into title contention. And here he is. Uh, I forgot who he fought in his last fight. I think it was Zach Parker, if I remember correctly. Uh, a fight that Zach Parker was supposed to win. I mean, he was undefeated, sharper, younger. He's been talking about Canelo. And then he hurt himself and he didn't come out of his corner in the fourth round. But that was a fight where, you know, he didn't fight anybody like a John Ryder. John Ryder isn't a pretty boxer, right? He's not the most exciting cat, but he's a guy that's going to brawl. He's going to try to get in close and make it a physical fight. And, you know, I don't know if that's a type of strategy to go and fight a Canelo, right? But mm. that's what he knows because Canelo is very evasive. Uh, we've seen what he can do when he's when the aggression is used in his favor, right? 
uh, Billy Joe Saunders came in, tried to get his box on, talking heavy, and then got caught with one shot. And we haven't seen him since. You know what I'm saying? So um, now Canelo, the other part is he's coming off a wrist surgery and he didn't look the greatest against Triple G. Not that I blame him. I felt like he knew he was going to win that fight. So he didn't really press the gears. It was just like, man, I'm going to come out, play it safe, and do what I have to do to win. We know what Canelo can do. You talked about his 60 professional fights. Yo, that's like, that's old school numbers, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, Roberto Duran was, was like, what, something like 79 or 80-something fights. Uh, like, you just don't see a guy fighting that consistently anymore like Canelo does. Like, you got to respect him. So uh, to keep it national, I think Canelo wins. The part here for John Ryder that he's up against is, you know, the Canelo effect. Even when he's losing a fight, you're, he may not be losing a fight. That's yeah, Not to mention, you're coming all the way over to fight in his home country, right? And you're not expected to win. So Canelo has a great chin. He's never been dropped before. We've seen him take massive hits. You're not going to beat the guy on points. You just, even if you are, you're just not. So for me, the only way John Ryder can win this fight, Chantel, is by knockout. Like he has to knock him out to beat him. Whereas Canelo, you know, Canelo, I think if, I think Canelo can stop him. And I think it's going to be the body work because John Ryder, he's built compact. He's built strong, but man, I don't see how John Ryder wins this one and it's boxing. Anything can happen, but it's tall, tall task. So he's tough, though. You know, yeah, I'm going to say Canelo by body shot knockout. I'm going to say it's a stoppage body shot. And I'm going to say maybe rounds somewhere between 9 to 12. But I'm also not ruling out the distance play, you know, for all of our point blank betters out there as well, too. But I think Canelo gets it done. Um, and then he moves on to try to get the Baval fight. What about you, Chantel? How do you see this one going? Do you think John Ryder can shock the boxing world? Or do you think uh, it's going to be uh, a Canelo type of night? Well, if you talk to UK fans, they're definitely telling you not to sleep on John Ryder. But as you mentioned, it's such a difficult task, right? It's in Canelo's backyard. It's also doing Cinco de Mayo weekend, which is obviously huge. So <laughs> the crowd is going to be absolutely crazy. And there's a reason why Canelo had that surgery on his hand and is coming back fighting in his backyard. He wants to put on a show and have quite the finish in front of his fans. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen in this fight. But at the same time, I don't want to be too biased. I know how good Canelo is, but let's, you know, kind of focus a bit on John Ryder like you did as well and kind of talk about him a little bit more for the UK fans that are like, yo, don't sleep on him. Listen, he is a southpaw and he does have a nasty right hook that does have some power. He's on a three fight win streak. You talked about the Parker fight, but he also has a win, a split decision win over Daniel Jacobs. That was a fight, though, where. Some people thought Daniel Jacobs won. I mean, during the first half of that fight, Daniel Jacobs bodied him. And I thought that John Ryder kind of looked like he was clueless out there at times, especially when it comes to fighting on the inside. I don't think that is his game. Um, he also lost against Callum Smith, but that was a fight that was extremely controversial. That was a fight where a lot of UK fans thought that John Ryder won that fight. That was back in 2019. And I think his biggest fight where he kind of, I guess gained some cachet was when he beat Bilal Akawi. At the time, that was for the WBA Super World Middle, and he put Akawi down twice in the third round. They stopped that. 
in the third round as well. So that was one of John Ryder's biggest wins. I think that gave him some cachet. And then obviously Callum Smith, that split decision because it was so controversial. So he's been in the ring with some dudes. And a lot of guys think he's been robbed a few times. Like there are some people that think he won against Billy Joe Saunders, a guy that also fought Canelo where Canelo ended up beating him. And um, he also lost to Rocky Fielding though, a guy where, I mean, look at what Canelo did to a guy like Rocky Fielding. But at the same time, John Ryder, I think since that Callum Smith fight has gotten so much better defensively. I think he's going to obviously try to control the distance in this one. But against a guy like Canelo, that's going to be tough to do because we know how good Canelo is. And before he lost to Bebel, I mean, going into that fight, everyone had Canelo winning. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, yo, Canelo's going to fight Bevel, And then we're going to see him against Archer Better BF. Like that was the plan that we thought Canelo would go about in his next few fights. And it didn't happen. And it's crazy what another loss on your resume can do. Because his only other loss is Money Mayweather. But at one point, we were talking about how Canelo was the pound-for-pound number one boxer in the world. We know how good he is. He's got good footwork. He's got power. He doesn't have devastating power, but he's going to break you down round by round. And at the same time, he's an elite body puncher. To me, Canelo is the best body puncher in the game. And there's also been talks about whether or not Canelo is kind of at the latter end of his career because we talked about it, right? He's got over 60 fights. And I don't think Canelo's done yet. I think after this fight, he's already thinking about that rematch with Bevel. I personally don't want that rematch, Akeem, because I think it's going to go the same way. But we know that Canelo is motivated than ever. So in this fight, I think Canelo right away is going to get busy. Um, You know, he's going to move around the ring really well, and he's going to get to the body. And I think John Ryder is going to have some moments. I think he's going to land on Canelo. But I also think Canelo is going to land a lot on him. And he's going to slowly break down John Ryder round by round. I don't think it's going to be like a devastating knockout. But I have Canelo Alvarez actually winning by stoppage. Same thing as you shot to the body. He's going to get to the body of John Ryder, drop him. I think he might drop him before he actually gets the stoppage as well. And Mm. I think this is going to be rounds through six through nine. If we think about it, Canelo injured his hand in that Caleb Plant fight, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's been fighting injured for a while. Can you imagine when he's healthy, how good he's going to be? Because despite the fact that people are questioning whether or not Canelo is falling off a bit, I don't think he is. I think he's going to come back better. It's it's, it's crazy because he's only, I think he's 32 years old. And it's, it's funny how one loss because of money way, whether it can change everyone's perception about a fighter, because like back in the day, Kim, our favorite fighters have losses because they were fighting the best. And that's what Canelo has done. He's gone and been like, yo, I want to fight this guy. I want to win this division. I want to hold the belts for, he wanted to hold the belts for four divisions and be undisputed. And he was fighting like three, four times a year. He was one of the busiest boxers. The face of boxing was the busiest boxer at the time. So Canelo Alvarez, I think, is going to come out stronger than ever. I think he gets the TKO victory between rounds six through nine. And it's going to be a statement victory for him. And then, of course, we're going to hear talk about him uh, possibly getting that rematch against people or maybe 
just maybe he gives the fans what he, they want and gives us that fight with uh, him and Benavidez. We will see, but Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning this fight with Canelo Alvarez and John Ryder? Drop some comments below. You can also hit us up on our social media channels. Akeem, we're going to head over from boxing to basketball because that's what we've been doing uh, for the last few weeks for us at least. Uh, you know, this is going to be a really good matchup. We got the Lakers and Warriors Southern California versus Northern California. How do you have this one going? Yeah, this is going to be uh, one of the most watched uh, series in quite some time, Chantel, because I think this is a very important game for both the Warriors and the Lakers. Big game for Steph, big series for LeBron. You know, the, the, the Warriors are coming off a tough series, man, when they played the Sacramento Kings, but the experience showed down crunch time. You know, and even going back, you said this would be a seven-game series, and it was, you know, but it also played us like this 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 Sacramento team is going to continue to be there consistently for the next however many years, biting they keep the same piece together. But you know, when you haven't been to the playoffs in quite some time, you don't really know how to really deal with it. And when you're losing in pressure situations, you know, you make uncareless moves and subtle things and the nerves just kind of get to you to become a little jittery. You know, I've seen some of the most composed uh, professional athletes get to an Olympic final and they're like, yo, I don't I don't know what this feeling is. Why? Why are you so jittery? Right. Just but you got to go through these things. And it showed the Warriors is like you just can't count them out. And especially when you have a guy like Steph and Clay and Clay had an off night, but. I mean, Steph picked up the pace. And I mean, when you shoot 38 times, you better have 50 points. <laughs> like, you better have 50 points, you know. Yeah. But not to mention the adjustments that Steve Kerr made as well, too. Now you go over to the Lakers, man. And obviously, you know, we always talk about if the Lakers are going to have a chance to win the title, Anthony Davis has to play so-and-so. Okay, so, you know, he, Anthony Davis, what he had last game, maybe, what, 14 and 16? Not a offensive Anthony Davis type of night. But if you're giving me 16 boards, I might be able to deal with that. I think this is going to come down to the other guys. I think this is going to be a bench type of deal, Chantel, because um, Anthony Davis, every time he falls down, I just don't know if he's going to get up. So what <laughs> if he's done, right? Uh, made LeBron, a glass, man. <laughs> LeBron is going to play whether he is, you know, whether whatever happens or not because he knows the magnitude. Like this is a very good team that seems to trust each other in these moments. So I think it's going to be a good series, Chantel. Um, and it goes back to what we always talk about, man. You know, AD has to be better offensively because I don't think the rest of the guys are going to be able to pick up the slack. Uh, I can't really count on D'Lo to score another 30-point game, right? Uh, can he? Absolutely. But will he? Warriors is a better defensive team, especially under crunch time. Right. And the pressure is on. So um, I guess if I had to say who's going to win, yeah, man, who's going to who's going to uh, guard Steph and run with Steph every single time? He just tires cats out. You know, I don't know what Steph's conditioning training is, but I'd like to know. Uh, <laughs> and I just think that's going to I just don't think it's a shooter's league. You know what I'm saying? And as much as LeBron likes to shoot these threes. You're not going to shoot as well as Clay and as well as Steph and as way in Jordan Poole. We haven't really seen him heat up yet. He's due for a couple, you know. So Andrew Wiggins is still working himself way back into it after missing these games. So I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say Warriors in six, Chantel. I'm going to say Warriors in six. What about you, Chantel? How do you see this one playing out? Do you see anything differently from my perspective? Well, I do think the Lakers actually do have a chance in this series. And I've said it all season since they made those trades at the deadline that they ended up getting so much depth with, you know, getting a D'Angelo Russell, getting a Jared Vanderbilt. They made changes to this roster that made them a whole bunch better. And I take a look at the Lakers and Anthony Davis, you talked about it. He has had big games in the previous series where he did go for over 30 points and have a massive game. Defensively, he was bringing that presence in the paint and really it all depends on Anthony Davis because as much as we talk about LeBron Anthony Davis is the one out there that's really having an impact on this game because we've seen LeBron have you know more than 30 points and they lose a game and that's just the reality of it because he's 38 years old and as much as we're watching him at home appreciating it and being like wow I can't believe he's doing this Anthony Davis has to be that guy so you mentioned it every time he falls down you kind of hold your breath a little bit and you're like, oh my God, is he hurt? Is he going to be okay? And that happened in the Memphis series, right? Like Anthony Davis fell hard on his, he couldn't move his arm, came back in the second half and he was fine. But at one point I was like, yo, if Anthony Davis is hurt, there's no way the Lakers can get past the series. Exactly. And, you know, it was a really good series with Memphis. They played really hard and they were able to get it done. And I think we saw flashes of what the Lakers could be if they played really well. Right, because Austin Reeves has played really well since getting into that starting lineup. We saw Jared Vanderbilt have a very good game where he was contributing as well. And Anthony Davis, when he is playing lights out, when he's scoring the ball well, you know, when he's defending the paint like that, blocking shots, you could argue he's a top five player in the league. You could even argue top three because the skills that he has are undeniable. Now we know what we're going to get from LeBron James. You talked about him shooting threes. I think it was game five, the game that they lost where he went like one for nine and he had a terrible game and it was a brutal game from LeBron. He's 38 years old. I expect him to have one of those again in this series, but it's also for more than just this series. I think it's a little bit more because as you know, in this era, we've talked so much about LeBron versus Steph Curry. Whose era is it? And this is the matchup that I think we all want to see. Of course, LeBron's 38 years old, so let's keep that in mind. Steph Curry, younger than him. As for the Warriors, a very tough series against the Sacramento Kings. I said they would win in seven, and that's exactly what they did because you talked about it, experience. The Sacramento Kings don't have the experience as these four-time NBA world champions, especially with their core. And down that stretch in the second half, I was like, it's a wrap because these guys are going to come back and they're going to win the game because they have Steph and he was playing lights out. He was doing everything on the floor. And that's the reason why Steph Curry, if they ended up going to the NBA finals and winning, he's going to win MVP because Clay Thompson, as we saw Clay right now, The fact that they were able to get that win over the Sacramento Kings, who is a high-scoring offense but couldn't hit a damn shot in that second half, especially in that third quarter, we know that Clay Thompson can shoot the ball. And when him and Steph are shooting lights out, they're going to be tough to beat. But the fact that they won without Clay Thompson having a good night shows you that there are other pieces on this team and they were playing better defense. And I think that's huge. And what do I think is going to happen in the series? I think it's going to be a highly contested tight series between both of these teams. I think the Lakers are going to stay in it. I could see this being two and two after four games. 
because we know that Golden State won those two games on the road, but this is a whole different other series with the Lakers, who also like to play at home as well. Yeah, and yeah. we know that Golden State has been bad on the road for the regular season. They were absolute trash just because they've won two games on the road, really big ones, doesn't mean it's going to continue into the playoffs. Hopefully they don't fall into their old bad habits, but I think they're on a really good run right now and a good stretch, and they're feeling good about themselves. I have the Lakers losing in six so i'm going with you i think the warriors get it done in six i wouldn't be surprised though if this goes to seven games Absolutely just because not. of the talent that the lakers have and let me tell you something if the lakers get back past the golden state warriors i think they're going to go all the way to the finals mm. because i don't know if they have all of the pieces but they have enough pieces to do it if Anthony Davis can stay healthy and play lights out if you get that production from LeBron. And I think D'Angelo Russell can give you some really good games and be that other option to score the ball. Dennis Schroeder is going to have to step up off the bench. He can't play for 19 minutes and have zero points. Like this has to be an all around effort. And I think the Lakers have the pieces to do it, but I'm just leaning towards the Warriors because I think they have more of the experience. They're younger and they're hungrier to repeat. At yep. this moment, and I'm not quite sure how healthy Anthony Davis can be throughout that oh, playoff. We'll so. find out. This is when yeah. he falls. He gets out. We'll see. <laughs> exactly. So Akeem and I both have the Warriors in six. Uh, let us know your comment. Drop some comments below, and also follow us on our social media platforms. Let's talk about a team, Chantel. That was kind of you know surprising. I'm talking about the Miami Heat. They just knocked off the number one team in the East, Chantel. Are they the most underrated team in the playoffs right now? Underrated? You know what? I don't think they're underrated because the way Jimmy Butler has played as of late, he's been lights out. He injures his ankle in that first game against the Knicks, and you're like, oh, my God, and ends up, you know, Miami still ends up getting the victory. I think without the loss of, I think with the loss of, you know, Tyler Hero not being there as well, and then Victor Oladipo, it kind of takes a little bit of, hey, you know what? Miami doesn't have too much depth to them. But I think right now, I actually think the Knicks are the most underrated team. And I'm not saying that with a little bit of bias, but I actually do think they have more depth than the Miami Heat because after the starting lineup for Miami, it's like, who's there on the bench? Like, yeah. who who else is there on that bench? And I think Miami, the thing about them is why they have one of the edges is because they have a guy like Eric Spolstra. But right now they have two of the best players in the series against the Knicks. They have um, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And, you know, whether you place Jalen Brunson second or third, that's up to you. But I think those two pieces, they're two all-stars. Jimmy Butler didn't make the all-star team this year, um, if I'm not mistaken. Did he make the all-star team this year? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no, he didn't make the all-star team this year. So, But he is an all-star, and the way that he's playing Jim, like Jimmy Buckets in the playoffs is totally different. I don't think they're underrated because you could argue they have the best player in the series. Mm -hmm. And so that takes away why they're underrated. I would say the most underrated teams are probably the Knicks and the Lakers because who would have thought the Lakers would make the playoffs? <laughs> and who would have thought they would beat Memphis, right? And then who would have thought the Knicks would make it into the second round when historically they haven't been able to do it? But for Miami, they have one of the best coaches in the league in Eric Spolstra. They have Jimmy Butler, who went off for more than 50 points, had a crazy series, was averaging like 34 points in that series, really good defensively. And then you also got Bam Adebayo, and you could argue that he is the third best setter in the league, maybe the fourth, however you want to slice it. But I don't think Miami is the most underrated team in the playoffs right now. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, and just to backpack off that, until I mean, you know, uh, uh, we we expected the Lakers to beat the Grizzlies because you know we just didn't believe in the Grizzlies. You know, we did pick that. We we did we did say that they would we, they just they would beat them. Yeah, history, and you want to know the history of a team? The 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 look at their history and what they've been able to do. And the Memphis Grizzlies, they could use a Udonis Haslam, but that's for a different different little situation. Now, Chantel most underrated team? I don't think so. I just think people forgot, right? Because what makes Miami so good, man, is the fact that like, yo, they play 48 minutes of basketball, right? <laughs> and I'm like, these guys just don't quit. Yeah. Like that, that comes from the type of character and history of the team. And that is instilled from the coach. And when you have Eric Spolcher, who's, you know, worked every, probably every position in the Miami organization to get to here, like that is instilled in the team and like Kyle Lowry diving for balls. I didn't remember him seeing doing that when he was in Toronto. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. Did it a little but bit, but yeah. But it's like, it's these things of consistent consistency. And when you see their best player, Jimmy Butler hurt his ankle. If that was AD, AD's back in the locker room talking about, yo, I can't play next game. You know, Jimmy just gets up and he says, yo, if I have it in me to go, I'm going to go. And that carries over and so they just hustle and you know you know jimmy in the playoffs is different but you don't really know how different saw how different he was when he saw against the bucks right and you know when he when they were in the finals a couple years back remember that time the man played like what like every single minute and he had a triple double and it's that meme where he was like hanging over the uh the table or some type of desk and he was yeah. gassed out and then he came back the next the next game and it caught up to him. Well, the man put a 50-point game and then came back and hit another 30-point game or 40-point game. It's like, yo, what type of conditioning are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So he's showing that, yo, I can raise it to the other occasions. So I think this uh, – I don't think they're the most underrated team. I just think because they're not as pretty, they don't do all of the things that – they don't shoot the ball crazily like the Warriors can, but they're very streaky and they're going to play 48 minutes until. So I don't think they're the most underrated team. Uh, I think they're I think they're a dangerous team because of they play 48 minutes. Yeah. A lot of teams, a lot of teams will give you 42, 45. You know, the elite teams give you 45, 44. But man, this team, whether they're down 17, you think they're out. Next thing you know, they're ahead by three, as you know, we saw with the Knicks, you know, but you know, different situations to tell. So I don't think they're the most underrated team. I would agree with you that the Knicks and the Lakers might be. Point blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you think is the most underrated team in the playoffs? Let us know in the comments section below. Sticking with the hardwood, Chantel, the Suns and the Nuggets. I remember saying, I don't know if I believe in the Nuggets just yet. But if they can do what they did the other day, man, I might become a believer. Will the Suns get past the Nuggets, Chantel? No, they're not. I think the Nuggets win this series <laughs> in six. And actually, um, I don't know if we did that preview of who we had going, but I had the Nuggets beating the Suns leading into this one in six games. I just think that the Suns don't have enough depth to compete with the Nuggets. And we kind of saw that in that first game where the Nuggets were, who that was a blowout, right? Kevin Durant had a good game. But how much can you expect from just that four of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, you know, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul? And they all have to be healthy. They all have to be healthy because the bench play for the Suns 
is not very good compared to the Denver Nuggets, where they are absolutely stacked. And you could argue have the most depth in the playoffs or maybe in the entire league. You could also argue that Philly does as well. But nonetheless, I really think this Denver Nuggets team is going all the way to the finals because Jokic, you could argue, was also the MVP this year and he won the past two. And then you got Jamal Murray, who I feel like is finally getting into a groove, right? He was injured and started off the year really slow, but we're seeing him do work. The key piece to the Denver Nuggets is MPJ. It's Michael Porter Jr. If he drops like 20 to 25 points a game, there's no way you're beating this Denver Nuggets team <laughs> because they're yeah. just pouring it on you. I think for the Suns, to get Kevin Durant was massive, but they gave up a lot, right? Like what can we expect from a guy like Cameron Payne or Landale? Like I'm not expecting too much from these guys off the bench, man, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. In the playoffs, your rotation gets smaller and you have to rely on your depth. I just don't think that the Phoenix Suns have it. We're going to see Kevin Durant and Devin Booker go off. Is that enough to take them all the way to the finals? Possibly, but that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask from two guys. Hey, score 80 points every game. <laughs> right? Because that, that's that's literally what they're going to have to do combined. Combine for 80 points every game and you're going to win. But you're going to have to outscore teams and outshoot them at the same time. And I just think the Denver Nuggets are loaded. So I have the Nuggets winning in six. What about you, Akeem? Do you think the Suns can beat the Nuggets? So you talked about their depth. All great points that you shared. And they were exposed. You know, it, it's like once... Nuggets got the lead. They just never gave it back. Even when it was a 10-point game, you know, I'm just like, ugh. they just couldn't get over the hump. And, you know, you talk about their – Cameron Payne played like five minutes. I think he had like five points. Um, Landale, I think he had like 10, 10 minutes, seven points. I can work with that. You know what I'm saying? But oh when God. you have – Hey, that, that's not good enough. That's not good hey, enough, Akeem. Ten minutes, seven points. You're efficient, but what? I, but what they cannot have is when they have uh, Okogi and Craig who are playing twenty plus minutes and both combined have ten points or under that. Like that's just not gonna cut it. You know, this is a series, Chantel, where you just said it. Kevin Durant has to score like 30, 30 to forty five points, and Book has to do the same every single night and one of them may have to go for 50 and it seems crazy but it's not because this is what these two can do it's just is it going to be enough if you just said if michael porter scores 20 points i don't know if chris paul can score that right i don't know what we're gonna get from deandre ayton right he, he played you know seven for 11 you can work with that but we cannot work with no block shots and seven yeah. boards we just can't work with that it's not gonna cut it so it is really going to see what the heck Monty Monty Williams is going to be able to do in order to get things back right, you know? And somebody has to say, you know what? Uh, I have to find a way to take over. And the bench has to come on and they have to give them some. 14, 15, and maybe six boards, and a couple assists, and a couple steals. Bruce, he had more points than than a lot. Of so, Chantel, it's it's tough. Um, I I I and yo, KD got to play the whole game. No subs. Yeah. Keep him in the game. Book no subs. <laughs> Keep him in the game. And I, it's can't work with that. Like you said, can't work with that. And, and maybe I didn't watch in 
enough Denver game to see their dad very confidently, and they're playing some now, but in a good way. So it's going to be interesting, Chantel, with you. I don't think they have enough depth to be able to win it, and rank guy. But even if he scores 60, I just don't know if that's going to be enough. So Denver and six. I'm going to say Denver and six. Uh, wins at home. So Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning this series? Do you think the Suns can get past the Nuggets? Let us know in the comment section below. All right, Chantel, NFL, right? Uh, another one of your, uh, you know, New York, they have their guy, right? Talking about the Jets. Aaron Rodgers officially was traded to the Jets. How will they do? What do you mean? How, what are your thoughts on this whole thing finally being finalized, Chantel? Well, we talked about this earlier in another episode of Point Blank, and I said once the Jets got a quarterback because their defense is absolutely stacked, they're going to be a problem in this division. Now, you think about Aaron Rodgers. He, listen, he's going to have the running back in Brees Hall. He was an absolute stud before he had that injury. You also got Garrett Wilson. You still have Alan Lazard, who you already have this chemistry with. And then you got your defense, right? You're talking about Franklin Myers, uh, Quentin Jefferson, Quentin Williams, Lawson. Like, this D-line is absolutely crazy. And this Jets defense is nuts and when I take a look at the division and let's be serious it's a very tough division for years the Patriots own this division right uh the Bills are very good the Miami Dolphins are good I think the New York Jets win this division and I say that because their defense is way too good look at what they did last year without a quarterback now you have an Aaron Rodgers who is at the latter end of his career, probably wants to win a Super Bowl. This is the best position that he could possibly be put in. And my opinion is it's the New York New York Jets heading into this season. They're going to win this division and they're going to be a problem in the playoffs because if they're healthy, the Jets have all the pieces and their defense is stacked. I mean, they were still drafting defense in the draft. And I'm like, whoa, like, aren't you, don't you guys already have a really good defense? And they definitely do. Um, will the pieces for him on offense fit with him properly? I think so. Um, you know, we've seen what Wilson can do. We've seen what Lazard can do. And obviously, if Brees can stay healthy, this is going to be a very, very fun offense to watch. Because Aaron Rodgers, whether you like his antics or not, when he's on the field, Man, he's arguably the best quarterback in the league, and I can honestly say that. So I think the Jets are poised to win the AFC East coming up this season with this move that they made to get Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback. What about you, Akeem? How do you see this one going? Hey, Chantel, Jets, Jets fans are sounding like Cowboys fans right now. They're already talking about Super Bowl. This is our year, right? And, you know, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers in the season uh, that he had last year, in the previous years, he has he wasn't too far removed from being MVP, but the Jets last year, you know, still shocked a lot of people, not to mention they have both the offensive and defensive player of the years, and they're going to continue to get better, continue to develop. You don't trade it, you don't trade for a guy like Aaron Rodgers if you're not thinking Super Bowl right now, 
Mm-hmm. Now, will it happen right away? This isn't a fairy tale story, Chantel, right? You're going to have to figure some things out as you go. You can't just write in the script that they're going to win right away, but it definitely makes them a contender and a possibility of that they could go all the way, as you just mentioned. I think they do win the division. It's just what will they look like, you know, going into the playoffs, right? What, what, how much. The thing Aaron Rodgers, too, is, you know, he's consistently been staying healthy for a good portion of his career. So it makes things a lot more interesting. The Jets got better. Uh, New York is a lot more hype if they're feeling good. Right. And so if they're feeling good and Rodgers plays anything to like he did in the recent couple of years, because last year was a down year for him. And I think he still passed for like 25. They almost made the playoffs. They almost made the playoffs last year. So if he is like like 35 touchdowns, you know, hey, (laughs) we could have something, you know I'm saying? Betting odds, probably going crazy for this one. So I'm still interested to see how they're going to be because everything looks good on paper until you play the games. But I think Jets fans finally have some things to be optimistic about. So Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers finally being traded to the new your Jets. Are you a believer in the Jets moving forward? Chantel, uh, when we're recording this, uh, one game will be played and talking about the Sixers and talking about the Boston Celtics. And Joel Embiid, from we understand, is not playing in this game. But there's always more people that we have to focus on as well. Chantel, Jalen Brown, James Harden. Who needs to have a bigger series for their respective team to win? I think James Harden does. And James Harden is that piece for the Philadelphia 76ers where when he gets in the playoffs, I'm like, man, I don't trust this guy because he's had way too many games (laughs) where he just doesn't show up in the playoffs. And I go back to that game that they had in game three with Brooklyn. It was a W for the Philadelphia 76ers, but James Harden had eight points. I think he shot 25% from three-point range. 23% from the field. He played over 30 minutes in that game. James Harden can't have a performance like that again, because in the playoffs, the games are just going to get tougher and it's a harder opponent in the Boston Celtics. I think we know when we could argue that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are two of the best players in the league. And you could argue the best duo in the league. And I know what we're going to get from Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown can drop a 40 piece on you and play good defense on you the whole entire game. That's how good Jalen Brown is. We always focus on Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown is that piece that helps the Boston Celtics be the Boston Celtics. And that's just real. But James Harden is going to have to step up. He can't have a game in the playoffs where he has eight points. I don't care how much he's facilitating the ball. He can't. Do you know how much Philly gave up to get him? Go, go get that, James Harden. You can't. So I think James Harden has to have a bigger series. And I think Jalen Brown is going to be Jalen Brown. He's been beasting it all year long. It's just James Harden. Is he going to be able to consistently show up in the playoffs? Because he's had good games, right? In, in this series, he's had good games against Brooklyn, but he never had a 30-piece. I don't think he had a 30-piece. In game uh, one, he had 14. Game two, he had 23. Game three, he had eight points. Then he had 21 points, and they finished off with him having 17 points. They're not asking a lot from him, but I think he needs to have a big series in the Celtics series because the Celtics have depth. The Sixers have depth. They don't need to rely on James like that. But if Embiid isn't playing, James Harden has to step up, period. What about you, Akeem? 
You know, I, I agree completely. I think it's Harden as well, too. And we need to see uh, Rockets Harden and not Brooklyn Harden. And the difference between, for me and Chantel, the two is, you know, James had to do all the scoring. I'm not going to say all, a good portion of the scoring. So he was looking to score, looking to use his skill set, looking to do what he does best, right? And James Harden is a very predictable player. You know what's coming. You know he's going to dribble right, dribble left, step back three, but you can't stop it. Then when he goes to Brooklyn, he's playing with these other stars and he becomes more of a facilitator. And he doesn't want to be the guy for the friction for it not to come. But there are moments when you're going to have to go back to being that guy. And when Embiid is not playing, you got to be that guy because where else are you going to score? Yeah, Maxi can go off. But even if Maxi go off for 30, well, who else is going to score 25, 30? Somebody else needs to, especially against uh, the Boston Celtics where when Brown, when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both on, that's both 30, 35 points a piece. So you need to score. And I just think James just needs to be more aggressive. Uh, the scoring ability doesn't pass away just like that. The man can still do it. But will he look to do it? I think that's going to be the difference. And so, yeah, I'm going with Harden, too. I think he needs to be the guy to score more points and look for yeah. his shot. Yeah, I get we want to pass the ball. You know, point guard, and want to facilitate man but playoff time man let's just get the ball inside of the net that's the main important thing so i think uh harden needs to be the one to have the bigger series as well too point blank would love to know your thoughts out of jalen brown and james harden who do you think needs to have the bigger series for their respective team to continue to go to a possible championship let us know in the comment section below before we get out of here, Chantel, you know, we always have to close it out with a little encouragement, a little word of the week. This week, Chantel, and I think it's a word that, you know, a lot of people are good at, especially in this world, and they may often do it right in front of you, talking about manipulation, Chantel. When you hear the word manipulation, what comes? Well, obviously, mind? I think you can go in a positive or negative direction in this sense, but I'm going to go with the negative direction because I think there's a lot of people in this world that can manipulate you in order to get what they want. And I'm going to go with more of the trust factor. I think sometimes in life, we can be a little bit naive and put our trust into people. And that's okay, because I think a lot of people that do that have big hearts. But at the same time, I think you got to be a little bit careful uh, with who you give that time to each time. And sometimes when a person is being manipulative, they're not actually looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for their best interest. So I think you have to be absolutely careful and who you let in and who you give your time and space to. Because sometimes sometimes they can be wearing a little bit of a mask. You know what I mean? Like you might not even know or realize that you are being manipulated when you're in a situation and you're deep into it. So I would just say, be careful of who you keep in your life and maybe just focus on a little bit more of yourself sometimes, because I think in life, sometimes we're so focused on everything else that you need to take some time for yourself as well and do some reflecting. And sometimes when you do some reflecting, you might find out that you are being a little bit manipulated by someone. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts when you hear that word manipulation? Yeah, I think you you said a lot of good points there, Chantel. I think it's, it's important to know uh, the undertones of what manipulation looks like, right? A lot more times than not if you if someone is trying to manipulate you they're trying to get the edge or it's going to work out very one-sided 
right? They're either going to try to guilt you into it, make you feel bad about it, or they're going to make it, you know, uh, fluff it up to make it seem like you're both winning. But when you really think about it, it's like, no, wait a minute. I'm putting more of the work in than you. Take a bit, remember uh, 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 class projects, Chantel, right? And you're just like, oh, like personally, when I used to hear, oh, we have a class project, I used to be like, damn, <laughs> man, because I know there's always going to be one who is an overachiever, right? There's always going to be one who's very lackadaisical. And there's always one who is going to want to play like they have this strategy of, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that, and they yeah. do the least, right? So you have to know the red flags of what that looks like. And more times than not, when you really think about it, life is 50-50. And there are going to be times when you have to give a little bit more, a little bit less, but it should never be 90-40 yeah. or 90, my math is off, 90-10, <laughs> right? And if you think about it, you will know when someone is trying to get the upper hand, they just mask it really well. But if you really focus, you'll be able to see, man, this person's trying to manipulate me to get the upper hand here. So that's what it makes me think of. Chantel share what she thinks of. Let us know your thoughts. When you hear the word manipulation, let us know what comes to mind in the comment section below. Just like that, Chantel, another episode down. Um, and First and foremost, as Chantel said at the beginning, we want to thank each and every single person that continues to watch or listen to the show. Uh, we don't take your eyes or your ears for granted. We greatly appreciate it. So, episode done, Chantel. With all that being said, I'm Chantel I'm Haynes. Point blank. And this is, and we will definitely see you next time.